It's a Friday. We made it. It's warm out. Sunshine. Cubs fans are coming correct on me this morning, which was nice. <laughs> Love it. Today's a good day. Good day today. Hey, if you want to hit us up on Twitter, you can do so at Bill underscore Michaels. At Bill underscore Michaels. You can find our buddy Grant Bills producing the program at Wisco Grant. Instagram, the Bill Michaels Show. Uh, and appreciate it. Uh, I just, I didn't have Instagram. I mean, I had it, but I didn't really use it for a long time and starting to use it a little bit more. And the followers have kind of found it over there. That seems to be more of the, uh, even though Facebook's still the largest gathering place in the world, Instagram is growing. Which is which I like, uh, but when it comes to watching the program, YouTube is uh, our YouTube channel is getting bigger and bigger. I love it. Uh, thanks so much for subscribing to all of you that have. And if you haven't, um, I would hope that you do. Uh, you can subscribe. You can like it. It's free. That's the best part about it. Go to YouTube.com/slash Bill Michaels Show. M I C H A E L S Bill Michaels Show. You can find us on Twitch TV, on Kick TV. Uh, we're on. God, we're on LinkedIn now. We're on the link that goes through X, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, we're everywhere. And if you want to listen after the fact to the podcast side of things, you can listen on Spotify, Apple iTunes, and Google Podcasts as well. So plenty of places to find the show. And uh, the Joe Barry yesterday uh, ended up meeting with the media. And so obviously there's some giant pink elephants in the room. So yesterday... Uh, he was asked what he told the team on Monday after what we all saw happen on Sunday. Well, Rob, I mean, anytime you, when, when you lose in this league, it's hard. You know, um, we only have 17 opportunities. We put tons of hours and, you know, six days of preparation into four hours on, a, you know, a, a, a Sunday. And it sucks. It's hard. Every single one of those guys in that room they wouldn't be in that room if they weren't insane competitors. So Mondays are hard for all of us. You know, it, it takes me, you know, I'm not out of the tank after a loss until, you know, sometime on Tuesday. But, you know, it's a long season. It absolutely stinks when you freaking lose. Um, but we sat and watched the tape and we learned from it. And, you know, we, we saw there, there, was a bu there was a bunch of opportunities there where that game could have gone in different directions. Um, but bottom line... It's my job to put those guys in positions to make plays all the time. So um, we sat and we watched it and learned from it. And uh, tell you what, the guys came in on Wednesday, and you know we've we've had two good days of work so far. But it's it's hard when you lose in this league. It's it's brutal. It hurts. Okay. <laughs> my favorite part of the Joe Barry press conference is where he at length tells us what we already know. That's my favorite right. part of listening to him right. speak. <laughs> uh, I still want to know what he means when he says he doesn't come out of the tank until Tuesday. Out of the tank. Does that mean he's like in the film? There's, you know, we used to call, I don't know, uh, Grant, if you've ever worked in television, but we used to go into the tank. The tank was the video room. Yep. And where we would go in now back in the day, you had videotape. But now I would assume it's all digitally, you know, sent. But we used to go into the tank, and then you'd sit in the tank, and you'd scroll back and forth, and bloop, 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 with a, with a you know a little disc, and you just roll back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. If that's what he means, that he's watching every play and he's out, of, he doesn't get out of the tank until Tuesday, or if he's just had a bad burrito and he 
doesn't get out of the maybe tank. maybe both it, c- it could be both um <laughs> maybe he's got a little a little shack or a little pole shed like mike mccarthy had for that year off that he took just to grow right. fill maybe joe barry has a, a space a man shed outside in his yard <laughs> get away from his wife his wife wants him out of the house don't watch right. film in here get the hell out of here uh so i don't know what he meant by the tank but uh nevertheless yeah it, it's it's a it's a long explanation of what sucks. It's a lot of coach speak. Now, uh, the the question again, going back to Sunday, was, hey, coach, the run defense, hello, uh, wasn't good enough, especially in the second half. I mean, no, we didn't we didn't do a good enough job stopping the run all day. Um, but I think when you play against any team, but when you play against a team like that, um, that was having success run the ball specifically. I think when you get in situations and you get in opportunities where you can get off the field, where you do have an opportunity to, you know, we, we had a couple interception opportunities that we missed. Those, those are huge as the game goes on because those are, those are the one was going to be huge, huge field position for us from an offensive perspective. Um, the other one, I mean, there's not a doubt in my mind that if Jock catches that, he, he scores. So those are when when you're in a situation like that, in a game like that, you get a chance to get off the field. You got to cash in. Um, third downs, the same thing. We got them into third downs. Um, you know, we we let the quarterback get out a couple times. Once on fourth and four, which ended up not only not only losing the down, but he scored on. That's a that's a seven point play. Um, I think the other third down that was that was a killer was you know they ran the the. The trick play and threw the ball up and got a huge, you know, 45-yard game. Those are, those are huge plays in a game like that, just because it allows them to keep drives going, and hand the ball off to number seven. So, um, I think in in to answer your specific question, we just got to when we have opportunities to cash in and get off the grass and get the ball back for our offense, we have to cash in, and we didn't. That's a hundred percent accurate. That is not coaching. That is not Joe Barry philosophically not getting it done. That was, that was he's 100% correct. That was instances in which players had a chance to make plays and didn't. And that I agree with. It's not that he's throwing anybody under the bus. It's just that they, they, they did have opportunities. They did have chances to get off the field, and they didn't do it. Crashing down and not setting the edge, having interceptions that are dropped, Third down opportunities that fall by the wayside. So that 100% get. 100% get. Now, the question then becomes when you get into, you know, the the balance. I understand that you want to rush the passer, you want to crash, you want to be aggressive. But he also talks about keeping contained. Take a listen to what he has to say. Well, you know, it's two different mindsets, I think. In a game like that, you know, we were we really weren't able to get to a pat, you know, they ran the ball 45 times. So, you know, I think it's a fine line especially for a for an edge player. We want to get into passing situations so we really can get after the passer and pass rush. But when it's a game like that and we're defending the run, everything starts with setting the edge. And those guys, you know, they run the the stretch outside zone blocking scheme that we talked about last week they're as good as anybody in the league and you know I think at times we played it well but from a consistent standpoint 
we did not set the edge and we lost the edge. And when you have a back like they have, he's going to make you pay. And he did a few times. That's 100% true. If you're in down and distances in which you can actually get after the passer, you know it's coming. More often than not, you can have success in that realm. But like he said, there's a time that you just have to set the edge. And when they've got a running back that they're going to use, that at times what you would consider to be passing downs and they're not in distances in which they have to throw the football, you can't just come crashing down and allow the outside edge to be open. And sometimes it's just player responsibility. Again, without pointing the finger, he's pointing the finger, saying basically, look, some of the defenses we called – we're in down a distance situations where we should have had success, but when you get so aggressive that you have to have the ability to back off, you, you got to remember that. Uh, and then he was asked, was the run defense the problem? And was that unique to the Falcons? Or is there, you know, going back to last year and looking at this run defense, is there a bigger problem overall with this defense? Bottom line, we got to do a lot of things better. Um, but I do think I will I, – those guys do a really good job at what they do. They're committed to the run. You know, they were with a with a young under uh, late drafted rookie last year. You know, I think they were a top five rush defense, and they took the back that they have that they took in the first round. Very good player. Um, but no, I, I think we gotta we gotta play things a lot better. Um, and back to what I was saying in a situation like that, when you have opportunities to get off the field you got to cash in on those opportunities, whether it be winning on third down, whether it be uh, takeaway opportunities. When you have those, you got to cash in because if you let an offense like that that runs the ball consistently continue to get, you know, second chances, it's going to be bad, and it was. So, But we got to uh, obviously got to play the run a lot better. There's no doubt than we did. Well, now comes the opposite side of the coin because here comes the Saints, and the Saints have a better downfield vertical game, passing game. So what are the challenges that the Saints present, which are different now than what you faced last week against the Falcons? What are the challenges that the Saints present? Derek's been doing it a long time. You know, I think anytime you're talking about a guy that, you know, with his previous team, you know, the Raiders have had some really good quarterbacks. He's the all-time I want to say, and and if not every category, most category for the Raiders. So very accomplished player. And then, you know, the wide receiver core that they have, you know, the Alave kid that they have in his second year, he's a very good player. You know, 13's been doing it for him for a long time. So, again, every week's going to pose challenges. And uh, this week, obviously, is is the vertical passing game. They've They've had some explosion plays, especially early on the last two games. So that's going to be the challenge this week, obviously, is not let those two guys get the ball, you know, not let them get behind us and get the ball thrown over our head. Okay. Nothing, not that I expected him to give us the game plan, but okay. Uh, Now you got a guy like Quay Walker, second year. You're hoping that he makes a few plays, obviously, when it comes to – you know, that interception that he dropped last week could have been a game-changer. Talk about the uh, the improvement of Quay Walker from year one to year two. You know, I've, I've talked to you guys. You know, we're, we're always fighting for consistency. You know, I, I do think the, the truest measure of performance is just being consistent. And I do think that that's, uh, that's probably the biggest challenge for especially young players early on in their careers, just finding that consistency week in and week out, year in and year out. And 
definitely, I think we talked about this last week with, with DY, um, you know, making that, that jump, not only making that jump, but then consistently showing up every week and doing it year one from year two. So it's been, you know, Koi is, you know, I think the best way to answer why he's doing what he's doing is the guy works. You know, he shows up and he works and he prepares. He loves football and uh, it, it shows in his play. So um, it's early, but I'm, I love where he's at right now. And then comes the challenge that is the Swiss Army knife because Taysom Hill, they use in many different facets, uh, kind of a, a wildcatter, if you will. So what kind of challenges does – you got a scheme for Taysom Hill, believe it or not. What kind of challenges do they face there? It's really two different offenses. It really is based on who's at quarterback. And they they do a great job of having – you know, Taysom does it. I mean, he, in essence, is a tight end. Um, but they align him out at number one, and he and he runs routes like a receiver. Uh, they line him up in the backfield as a halfback, um, use him in protection, but then also use him in the passing game out of the backfield. Um, but he truly is a weapon when he's lined up behind, you know, the old the old wildcat. So, um, and like I said, it, it's you're, you're defending, you know, as we just talked about with Derek Carr, you know, the the obviously what he's able to do as a passer when he's playing quarterback, but then a completely different offense uh, when Taysom's behind uh, center. So uh, they do a really great job of it. And I, I think, I think Taysom Hill is, he's a, he is a legitimate weapon just because the, the different hats that he can wear within the offense. Um, the number one being, you know, receiving the ball from center and, and doing a great job running the ball. Now uh, he also presents a problem in what other area? They accomplish what they want to accomplish, making you have to work for all these things. And that's where I was saying it's really, it's two different offenses that you have to prepare for, again, based on who's receiving the center snap. So um, I, I think it's, and it's something, you know, the New Orleans Saints have been doing this as long as Taysom's been there. Um, he, he's been a pretty cool chess piece in that offense. Um, and I think the, the best thing that they do is they, they, when he's in the game, you just don't know that it's Wildcat, right? Because like I was saying, he'll line up and run routes. He'll line up, play tight end and block. They put him in the backfield. So um, just when number seven trots onto the field, you can't think Wildcat. They use that as they deploy it, and you got to be ready for it when they do. But um, good little chess piece and a, and a really, you know, he, he is a weapon in that offense. There's no doubt. There you have it. That is uh, that is Joe Barry talking about the Packers getting ready to take on the Saints uh, this coming weekend at Lambeau Field. Coming up a little bit later on the program, going to hear from Keyshawn Nixon as well uh, as uh, Mike Clemens caught up with him a little bit yesterday also. Let's do this. We're going to step out, take a quick break. We'll come back. Don't forget, bottom of the hour, Ty Dunn from GoLongTD.com going to be joining us. He's got some stuff going on. They're writing about the Green Bay Packers. And we'll talk with him about the rest of the National Football League and some of the other stories so far early on in the first couple of weeks of the season regarding uh, the uh, the NFL as well. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Every Plumbing and Heating. They're in La Crosse, Trempolo, Vernon counties in those areas. Founded by the Korean War veteran Clayton Every back in 1969, third generation. And they're doing it in so many different facets now. They've expanded. So if you're looking to say, put this time of year, you're thinking, well, maybe I'll do a little work out in the garage over the wintertime, and you want to put heat in the garage. You can do that. New construction, you want to put heat in the floor. They can do that. Water heaters, they can change those. There's so many different things that they can do 
between heating and air conditioning, electric, plumbing, all that kind of stuff. Just give them a call if you're in any of those areas. They're located in on Alaska, but uh, they reach out to so many different areas, and they're hiring too. So if you're a licensed plumber and technician, you can do that. You can give uh, Craig over there a call and uh, see if he's got some space. 608-783-2803. 608-783-2803. That is every plumbing and heating out in La Crosse. Give them a shout. More of the Bill Michael Show. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. What advice would you give somebody that you know that's window shopping? I'd have to say Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin plays at an MVP level in the replacement game. They came in ahead of time, measured all the windows, make sure they had all of the measurements. When the Pella people left, you had no idea they had been here. You just had the new window. They're great professionals, Gina, and some of the best in the world at what they do. Right now, pay as low as $19 a month per window or $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. Pella's team of expert installers start with an in-home consultation and finish with no hassle or mess, leaving nothing but perfect results that stand the test of time. Right now at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, pay as low as $19 per window and $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. $6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers end at 9-30-2023. Hey, reminder coming up, the Green and Gold postgame show on Sunday is going to be live. Well, live. Uh, the Green and Gold postgame show is going to be live immediately after the Packers and the Saints. And uh, Mike Clement's going to be in the locker room. I'm going to be at Burkle's. Burkle's, one block over. is uh, It's right behind Stadium View. So if you're out and about and you're in the area and you want to come by, uh, please feel free to go ahead and do so. We're going to be at Burkle's now. That's the new home. Uh, when the Green Bay Packers are at home, that's the new home of the uh, the Green and Gold postgame show, and that's where we're going to be. So uh, going to be up there early uh, getting everything set up, and I know our friends at WDUZ, they do uh, the pregame show there, so stop over and say hi to them. Uh, and uh, then after the fact, come on over and say hi to me. We're going to be there with the Green and Gold postgame show live from Burkle's coming up on uh, Sunday, immediately following uh, Green Bay and New Orleans. So looking forward to all of that. So uh, that's uh, I'm excited about that. Never been. I, I well, I shouldn't say that. I, I've never broadcasted from there. I've been there. I've never broadcasted from there. But we're uh, we're looking forward to it. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. That's the phone number to get a hold of us. I uh, got a couple emails too. Uh, this is from a Michael. Michael says, um, "Hey, unit. Uh, this year the Super Bowl is in Las Vegas. Have you been to the new stadium? I hear it is awesome." Uh, Michael, uh, no. And, yes, it is in, in Vegas, but, no, I've never been to the new stadium. Never been. Um, I Mike Clemens, I think, has been. The Packers, don't forget, play a Monday night game there this year. So, uh, But I, I'm not going to be going to the Monday night game. Uh, Mike is sending Mike out. I'm not going to be doing it, but Mike's going to be going. So uh, we will get a full report from Mike Clemens out in Vegas. But uh, we'll be traveling to some other games, but we're not going to be at that particular game. So only for the fact that travel logistics are a nightmare uh, to do this, to do this show and try to get down, you know, because look, we're not, uh, (laughs) 
we're not the four-letter network and shipping hosts all over the country and flying privately. We don't have that. So just an FYI. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Again, give us a shout again, 877-867-1670. Uh, what else do we have? The uh, This is from Chris. Chris says, uh, hey, unit, uh, I heard you talking earlier about Jordan Love. What about the wide receiving core? Have they gotten better over the last couple of games? Boy, that's a great question. Have they gotten better? I, as as much as I, I focus on the play itself, boy, that that I love questions that make me think. <sighs> Romeo Dobbs is a good crisp route runner. Jaden Reed surprisingly is a good route runner. What Jaden Reed has to work on is his hand play downfield. That I noticed, that he'll get tugged on and the hand play becomes a bit much at times. Um, but, yeah, that'd be, that's a great question. I, You know what? I... That's kind of an incomplete, I, and I, I apologize for not being able to fully answer the question. I mean, I wish I could, but I have not paid specific attention to each individual receiver to say, have they gotten better? I think they're pretty good. I don't know how good they can be. Like I said, Jaden Reed's still young, and he's learning what the NFL is and that the stronger, faster, more powerful you know, corners and safeties and such. Um, they have the ability to hand check downfield, and he's got to get a little bit better. That I have noticed there's been a couple of times where he gets kind of tied up. Romeo Dobbs, really good runner, though. He he digs hard, man. When he makes a cut, he cuts hard. And he, he can throw a few guys off. You know, if you ever get that kind of ability, eventually when you do see um, – Christian Christian uh, Christian Watson on the field that uh, God if he ever has that ability holy mackerel he could be a hell of a receiver if his hands are there because he's he gets a case of the drops but yeah I, I guess you could say they're 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 good they're they've gotten better I mean I but I don't know I that's a great question that's a great question Ro, but like I said Romeo Dobbs right now is kind of the go-to guy you know He's kind of the go-to guy. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, Satellite uh, says, uh, do you think that the Brew Crew is going to rest certain players once they clinch the division or keep riding to keep the momentum? Uh, I think you give some guys uh, – now, when you say rest, uh, you know, like Christian Yelich right now, he's nursing the back issue. So you want to get him back in the lineup and get him going, you know. So when he's able to play, he plays. But, no, you, you can you – can, look, all season long guys have had rests. Nobody plays every game anymore. Some guys play more than others, but nobody plays. It just, it just, you just don't do that in, in Major League Baseball anymore. That's not a belief, you know? So, to answer your question, yeah, they're gonna, they're, they'll probably rest a few, but I, but I, it's baseball. It's not like you're, it's not like football, right? It's not like you're resting your starters so nobody goes out, you know, and gets hurt. 
it's baseball. You know, you give somebody, you play them a few innings, you give them a little bit more of a breather, you, you know, whatever. But <laughs> this whole idea about resting guys in baseball, if you're going out and you're playing every day, okay, yeah, you get a rest. You get a day off, you know. Maybe you you get off, you know, the, the night game. Uh, the next day it's a day game. You give them the day game off, and the next day maybe it's a travel day or something. But the Brewers only had, what, two days off in the month of September. It's not like they can just start setting and resting guys, you know. So I, <laughs> it's not like basketball and it's not like football. It's baseball, for God's sakes. Guys do get banged up and they do get nicked up and they do have aches and pains and they do, you know, they do wake up in the morning and, and they're stiff and everything, you know, okay. But, uh, but yeah, you'll, you'll give a guy a day of rest here and there, but for the most part, you're, you're not, you want to keep it rolling. Especially if you're starting to really get into a groove. You would be stupid. Baseball is just such a game of consistency. You would be stupid to start, especially somebody that's really hitting the hell out of the baseball. Oh, we got to save that. There is no saving that. Okay? There, it's, not like he's, it's not like he's got 1,000 hits in him. You've used up 950 of them, and you know you only have 50 of them left, and you want to save them for the postseason. That's not the way it works. It's not like he's a Pez dispenser of hits, you know? So, anyway. Uh, let's do this. Tyler Dunn's going to be joining us when we come back. Stick around. We're going to talk with him uh, from golongtd.com. We're going to talk with him about what he's got coming up because he's got some good stuff going on right now. This portion of the program being brought to you by our friends over there at the, the Calderon Club and San Georgia. If you're looking for the best Italian food, just great Italian food, spaghetti and meatballs, chicken marsala, you've got the eggplant, uh, which is just looks like French fries, but it's not. It's eggplant with some marinara and some lemon. And uh, for an appetizer, the bruschetta. Or you want to go next door to San Giorgio, the pizzeria in the Polietana, and get the authentic from Napoli, Italy pizzas, which are so wonderful with the oils and the herbs and everything that goes along with it. Either place you can't go wrong. 838 Old World, 3rd Street, downtown Milwaukee. Tell Gino and the gang we said hi. That's Calderon Club and San Giorgio. Either place you are going to love it, guaranteed. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. you back this portion of the program brought to you by potawatomi hotel casino whether it's going in for the sports book which the temporary one's open the new one being built as we speak and uh hopefully that opens up here probably by about march madness is when they're kind of predicting that's going to be open also the rock and brews which has been a huge hit that's the uh the rock and roll themed uh, restaurant that's inside potawatomi you've got uh, the dream dance steakhouse you've got the 360 bar gaming all that kind of good stuff and the hotel potawatomi hotel casino go to paysbig.com that is paysbig.com joining us now on the hotline is our buddy tyler dunn from uh, golongtd.com at ty dunn d-u-n-n-e you can find over on uh, over on twitter ty how you been pal i'm good bill good whenever you can get the uh the two kids down for a nap at the same time. I feel like Joe Namath, you know, flashing the number one down the hallway. So I think, I think things are looking <laughs> up today. So let's start with what you're working on, because uh, a couple of weeks into the season, the Packers team is relatively intriguing. The numbers are going up for, uh, in Vegas as to their ability to make the postseason. 
Uh, I'm not saying that they've been eye-opening, but they've been consistent. They let one last week slip away, which they could be going into this game at home 2-0. and Unfortunately, they're not. But give me your thoughts. Yeah, I think that uh, the takeaway two games in, and, and right, I h- hesitate to even use those words because it's a marathon. Things can change in a big, big way. But, you know, for all of the hand-wringing and people freaking out about Jordan Love the last six months, Jordan Love is not the problem. I think that's pretty evident that they'll be okay. I mean, if he's playing this well without his left tackle down there in Atlanta at least and his number one receiver and star running back Aaron Jones and Elton Jenkins, it's only going to get better from here as Matt LaFleur kind of lets him do more and more within the offense. The problem's on defense. And uh, is it personnel? Is it coaching? Man, we could have that debate for an hour. But it was ugly down there in Atlanta. I I was down there covering the game. And, gosh, if Jair Alexander picks off that ball and returns it for six and or Quay Walker picks off that ball, Mm -hmm. it is a different conversation. I'll give you that. But still, you almost gave up, what, 500 yards? to uh, the Atlanta Falcons. It, it, it was ugly, and it was reminiscent of what we saw much of last season. So I think that is a little discouraging. Well, when you talk defensively speaking, we heard from Joe Barry earlier today, and he talks about, you know, some guys, like you said, were in position to make plays. Some things they just missed on. Uh, okay, great. But I, I, we were talking about this, and you just asked that question. Is it the, is it the overestimation of the talent defensively or is it the philosophy of the coaching staff specifically? Because it's got to be one or the other. It can't be both. Because there's, as we talk about all the time, they have eight first-round draft choices, defensively speaking. Now, I know Stokes is not on the field. Eight of them, though. They should have a lot of talent there to be able to play much, much better run-stuffing defense than what they're doing. And they also picked up with T.J. Slayton and Devontae Wyatt, and they went heavy on the off- or on the defensive front. You already have Kenny Clark. How in the hell are you this bad at stopping the run? You know, I talked to Kenny Clark for a bit after the game in the locker room, and he's always going to keep it real. And and if you're looking for a bright spot, you know, he played really well for uh, three quarters, disrupting things until Atlanta kind of shifted some attention his way. But he said that they were, you know, not really lined up right at times and didn't react to the shifts and the motions in a timely manner, I should say. It just seemed like there was a little confusion with what Arthur Smith was doing offensively. You know, he's now, Desmond Ritter isn't going to just grip it and rip it 30, 40 yards downfield, but holy heck, do they get this speed and all of these positionless players moving different directions? And I think that misdirection kind of confused guys. Is that on the players or is it on the coaching? Um, probably a mix of both, because there's times where you just see Kingsley Anagbare and, and Darnell Savage on the same play anyways get juked out of their shorts, but Green Bay just wasn't able to hold the edge. And that, that is a pretty fundamental football thing to do if you're a DN or an outside backer. So, yeah, I don't want to let the players off the hook completely, especially when they're dropping pick sixes. All I'll say is I give Brian Gutekind and Matt LaFleur so much dang credit for moving on from Aaron Rodgers, having the gut to tell a Hall of Famer we're moving on because we need to upgrade at quarterback. And Jordan Love has been an unequivocal upgrade over Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Um, we'll see if the decision to keep Joe Barry pans out, though, because that's another spot where they could have held somebody accountable for an underachieving performance, and they didn't. They, they kind of put a lot of stock into those last four games. You look around the NFL, Bill, like the Miami Dolphins, they get Vic Fangio, and so far that, that looks like a totally different defense. Same thing with Jim Schwartz in Cleveland, um, that that's a different defense with a different attitude. Like if you get to the nitty-gritty of the individual plays, you, you can blame the players. You can say he should have done this, he should have done that. 
But you watch the Cleveland Browns defense these first two games. Man, they're playing with attitude. They, they want to take people's names and kick butt. It's just a overarching vibe, atmosphere within the whole unit that you get when you hire a new coordinator. They could have gone that route. They could have completely changed everything on defense with somebody different at the top, and they chose not to. Give me your thought. Well, let me ask you this, uh, because I know you're working on some stuff and articles and such coming out uh, regarding the Packers and, and Jordan Love, but give me your thoughts on Jordan Love. First couple of games, and, and people were asking me earlier if I've changed my mind. I, I haven't. I think it's still a work in progress, but I've been impressed with the fact that other than the one pass, errant pass he had in Atlanta, going all the way through preseason even, he has not put the ball in harm's way. Six touchdowns, no picks. The completion percentage needs to get better. But he needs to get touch on his downfield passes. But for the most part, he's been good. And he's not just hitting a primary read. He's been good at going through progressions of being calm in the pocket. Give me your thoughts on his performance. Throwing the third and 10, 24-yard scramble, too, right? There's an athleticism factor that you're going to get in Jordan Love that you don't get in 38-year-old Aaron Rodgers. I, I do think that they're opening up the playbook in ways that they couldn't with Rodgers. Now, you lose all of the you know, that, that – uh, telepathic connection that Rodgers had with the Devontae Adams or uh, Randall Cobb before he was washed up. You know, you lose that, but you gain so much. So, I mean, as good as love has been, I think it's worth giving Matt LaFleur credit because we're finally seeing what his offense looks like. It's, it's flea flickers and sticking to the run and um, just a quarterback operating from the pocket, hitting that back foot and spitting the ball out. I, I think there were so many times, with Aaron, and it's part of what made him special, he'd pat the ball, improvise, freelance, try to make that second reaction play. I think Matt LaFleur wants his quarterback to hit that back foot and take that open receiver. For the most part, Jordan Love has, has done that with injuries all over the place. So I think that's encouraging, and I think that the, it's just refreshing. I just get that sense from players and people around the, the team that they're just, re, they're just refreshed under Jordan Love and go in this direction. There's somebody down there in Atlanta, Bill, who told me, you know, I just call him a source close to a starter on that offense. You know, plays would come in last year, and it was very common for Aaron to just basically say, F it, I'm going to change into what I want to do. And right. it's pretty clear that's what we saw as well. And that works for a while. That worked. I mean, it got him two, two more MVPs. I'm not saying that, that that's a bad thing all the time, uh, but it got to a point where it was a bad thing. And I think we're seeing Matt LaFleur's offense, and, man, it, it's a beautiful thing. And when they get healthy and they get everybody out there, this is an offense that can keep up with just about anybody in the NFC. Have we underestimated the Green Bay Packers going into this season? I think so a little bit. You know, I I did myself because I always believed in Jordan Love as we've gotten into here and let it play out. I'm I'm not going to be taking no victory laps anytime soon. It's a long season, right? But I think all along there's there's a beauty to youth to 22 and 23 year olds out there learning on the fly. Jaden Reed, Luke Musgrave, just players and names that the general public hasn't seen. Like they're they're going to grow together, and there will be growing pains. I think that offensively, it's only going to get better. My concerns on defense: can they can they fix what needs to be fixed quicker than last year? They did last year, but it was December and they were four and eight. Right? They they can't right. be waiting around to, to fix this thing and. It's, it, it, to answer your question, it's got to be a combination of all the above, and they got those eight first-round picks. I think they do have the horses in-house to figure it out. Christian Watson coming back, and I, you know, I, I know that the completion percentage for Jordan Love is not high right now. They haven't done a lot of checkdowns. They've been more intermediate pass plays, but 
you know, I, the question then becomes, do they need to go shorter or do they need to do things to kind of express, you know, kind of expand the field? At some point, I was saying this earlier, the, the apex passes where the the ball drops to the ground at the same spot that the receiver ends up running to at the same time and becoming somewhat consistent, that downfield pass game in some way, shape, or form has to suddenly be there, has to start to grow, and they have to hit on that at least a couple of times. For, otherwise, defenses are going to start saying, we're just going to keep everything in front of us, and then this offense is just going to it's going to kind of like be very, uh, to use the Justin Fields term, very robotic in the sense that it's dink and dunk and dink and dunk and trying to move the ball down the field and mixing a little bit of the run game. At some point, though, we have to see Jordan Love start to open it up. No, that that's a really good point. I, I agree because they do have big plays. Uh, but, you know, when you do look at some of these big plays, it might be kind of a busted Bears coverage or a flea mm-hmm. flicker or a defensive pass interference. To, to win long term, for this to kind of sustain itself, you're going to want your quarterback taking those, diff, those, making those difficult throws down the field, like the deep outs and all of that. But I think Watson's presence is, is going to help, and I think what kind of gives you hope is what you saw. What, I guess it was his last throw of the game, right? The fourth and ten, where I know it wasn't converted, but you saw a quarterback willing to take a shot to the jaw um, and deliver a pass. Over the middle, not not one of those throws you're talking about, but I do see a willingness to stand in the pocket, take a shot, and make the throw that you've got to make with your eyes downfield. I think quarterbacks either have that or don't. And that, that's probably right. why Justin Fields isn't really going to take that step. You know, he's quick to bail because he's got special gifts. I don't blame him for wanting to bail more and, in his words, say, epic, let's go, let's just improvise, because he doesn't really have that in him. I think that Jordan Love has that. And, I mean, that, that's really encouraging for the trajectory of the Packers versus the trajectory of the Bears. Uh, I want to go what, – what are you working on specifically right now as you start to – because I know you were down there covering the game as you start to kind of get a little bit deeper into what the Packers have going on. What are you guys working on at Go Long? Absolutely, yep. So we got the, uh, the show with Brett Favre still humming along, just recorded our second episode and – Holy heck, I mean, it, talking about these young quarterbacks just kind of got us thinking of Brett's rise and how fragile that was. I think we all knew that he enjoyed, you know, a beer or two off the field. It just blew my mind right. in the world of avocado ice cream and all these quarterbacks having specialists for everything. Here's Brett admitting he'd be out till 4 a.m., you know, wake up at 7 and just train as hard as he drank. He, he was unbelievably open about his rise. If people want to check that out and get into bar fights down in Atlanta, it was nuts. Um, so, yeah, that, that's going well. We've got the show with Bob McGinn. We're breaking down the Packers and the entire NFC North each week. And story-wise, de- definitely we'll be keeping an eye on, on Jordan Love and w- whether or not this can sustain itself. I mean, we got into it right here. It looks good so far, and Brett is really high on Jordan Love. And you know why he's high on him? It, he, he said it's not necessarily the stats or any specific throws. It's everything between the plays. You see teammates – coming to his defense, rallying around him, wanting to play for Jordan Love. You know, as yeah. Brett said, a lot, of, a lot of quarterbacks can galvanize room like that. There's a lot who can't. It's uh, And I've said it's not the big throws. It's some of the throws that I've noticed, uh, quick outs, things that he's done, uh, the, the ball placement where he's put it in only the area that his guys can go get it. It's been throwing the ball before his receivers have even turned around, so there's a timing comfort level there that's all already so there's been a lot of things that I've been impressed with I'm just kind of waiting to see how this thing unfolds the other aspect of this is 
Do you think with what's going on over in Minneapolis and the problems there and they're trading for Cam Akers already and admitting that Madison is not the guy and the fact that their offense is stagnant, what's going on down in Chicago and the fact that the Lions are 1-1, one and one, do we dare say that the Packers could actually win this division? Oh, that's not that's not out of the realm of possibility at all. Uh, I, I like Detroit. As, as we got into a couple weeks back, they spent three years – building this thing up, finding exactly the kind of temperament characters they want, one through 53. They're, they're a tough-minded team, but, hell, they, they had about six, seven serious injuries last week. Um, and, you know, I get it. It's, every team goes through this war of attrition, but the Packers do have an opportunity here to maybe get on a little run, get, get some distance with Detroit, and uh, by the time Detroit really gets healthy, they, they might be in a really good spot. So I think it's, good. it's a two-horse race. You know, Minnesota's got weapons, but the offensive line, defensive line, ugh. It's it's ugly. Like you said, already trading for Cam Akers, not a good sign. The team with all the dead cap money, right? The team that went all in a year ago knowing that they were going to be nuking their salary cap in 2023, 2024, whatever, is the Green Bay Packers, and they might win the dang division. So I, I think that they've got to be thrilled even out, out of a, a really tough loss down there in Atlanta. Good stuff as always, Ty. If they want to get a hold of you and find you, what do they do? Uh, GoLongTD.com. You can subscribe right there all the episodes are exclusive for uh our paid subscribers and like i said you can actually hop on and ask brett Favre a, a question if you go vip so we'd love to have you great stuff tyler dunn appreciate it as always pal we'll talk to you soon okay anytime bill thanks so much for having me man thanks bud there you go that's tyler dunn at ty dunn d-u-n-n-e over on a twitter and golongtd.com that is golongtd.com Dot com. You can read his stuff there. If you're looking for a place to go, maybe on the Milwaukee Riverfront coming up this weekend and maybe watch the game on Sunday, Northern Lights event venue, whether it's going to watch the game or if you're looking to do something like a, a say, a rehearsal dinner or maybe a team-building thing that you got going on for your business or something to that effect or maybe a wedding or a photo shoot or a business event of any type. Go to northernlightseventvenue.com. Beautiful space downtown, right by the Screaming Tuna. Uh, again, in the, I think it's the third ward type of area. But again, northernlightseventvenue.com. That's northernlightseventvenue.com. Go check it out. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. What advice would you give somebody that you know that's window shopping? I'd have to say Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin plays at an MVP level in the replacement game. They came in ahead of time, measured all the windows, make sure they had all of the measurements. When the Pella people left, you had no idea they had been here. You just had the new window. They're great professionals, Gina, and some of the best in the world at what they do. Right now, pay as low as $19 a month per window or $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. Pella's team of expert installers start with an in-home consultation and finish with no hassle or mess, leaving nothing but perfect results that stand the test of time. Right now at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, pay as low as $19 per window and $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. $6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details, offers end at 9-30-2023.
You know it. I know it. Right here in the state of Wisconsin, no better place to go than Quick Trip. Sometimes you just go there and hang out. I know people that actually ride motorcycles to the Quick Trips that have tables outside. It's called Quick Trip Riders. And uh, so they, they just plan their whole day about riding around to Quick Trips. <laughs> so Quick Trip has it all. So if you are uh, out and about, uh, maybe you're looking for tailgate fare this weekend, stop in and see our friends over there at Quick Trip. Great stuff over there. Uh, coming up in just a little bit, uh, we, we got all kinds of good stuff today. We still have Mike Clemens coming up in the bottom, or uh, excuse me, not the bottom, but the uh, the next hour. So we're going to get into uh, we're going to get into some discussions with Mike. Um, so anyway, that's coming up, and then also um, we are going to have coming up a little bit later on today as well. Uh, we're going to have Larry Holder. He is with the Athletic and covers the Saints. Coming up in about a half an hour, we'll talk with him about what the Saints are going to offer coming in a Lambeau Field coming up this uh, this weekend. So Packers looking to go 2 and 1 on the season. So good good stuff. Uh 877-867-1670 for the next half an hour. Also, we're going to hear from Keyshawn Nixon coming up after the top. Keyshawn Nixon had a chance to meet with the media and Mike Clemens, so we're going to hear from him and get some of his thoughts as uh, the Packers defensively speaking did not play real well, specifically in the second half of the game against Atlanta, but we'll also get his thoughts on uh, moving forward and special team side of things and stuff coming up here in just a few Stay tuned for that. Two hours down, two hours yet to go. Stay tuned. Got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up, and it's coming up right after this.